So thank you. Welcome back once again to another episode of Keith and Raven Beyond the Altar. And as you guys can see, we have a great special guest with us here today, Ms. Denea Jackson. Um, Denea, I want to give you a couple minutes to introduce yourself and, um, you know, let everybody know who you are. Yes, my name is Denea Jackson. I am author. I am a minister, evangelist. And of course, everybody knows me as Derek Jackson's wife. And it's a pleasure to meet you all. Yay! <laughs> we are so excited about this conversation. Like, it's um, it's amazing to be able to have another, you know, person who understands infidelity yeah. because the entire world looks at us like we're crazy, mm-hmm. and Girl, we get so much backlash. Yeah, <laughs> we get so much backlash. Like you, like we're the only ones who are you know, working out, working on our marriages, but that's not the truth. There are many of us out there and we are so appreciative that you even want to like speak out and, you yes. know, you want to have this conversation, normalize these conversations because Absolutely. it's totally needed and God really wants to restore marriages. Like that's one thing that Absolutely. I truly believe he wants to restore marriages for yes. sure. Absolutely. He does. And, you know, so many people are not used to the fact that God is a person who resurrects marriages, that he is a healer, that Mm -hmm. you can actually really be healed mentally, emotionally, spiritually, Mm -hmm. physically. You know, it it, it almost goes to Second Timothy chapter three, when they say people have a form of godliness, but they deny his power. Power Yes. Do not believe that God can resurrect a marriage. If you don't believe that God can heal a marriage from infidelity or whatever else it has gone through or is going through, then you're kind of falling into that category over there, you know? So let's, let's increase our faith a little bit and understand that God does this and he does it every day and he wants to do more of it. The Bible says it. There's nothing impossible with God. With God, there's nothing impossible. Right. Right. And you have to have a mustard seed. It's very small. Like you could put a little dot right there. That's all the faith that you have to have to just say, you know what? I don't know what this is going to look like, but I'm just going to stand here and just call on the name of Jesus until you know, something happens yes. <laughs> and Amen. as you're doing that, he'll show you little things to do. And before you know it, you'll look back and be like, wow, we have come a long way, or I have come a long way in this process together with you. And yeah. it's beautiful. So, yeah, so it is a blessing to look back. Like yeah, definitely. people think like, it's so like, they ask all the time and I'm sure, I'm sure like, have you gotten it? Or you can ask like, or say like if you've gotten this question but they ask like doesn't your husband feel like angry that you are bringing this up or that you're test you're testifying about you know god bringing you out of infidelity like you're reminding him of it um but for us it's literally like no we're yeah. glorifying god and every time we testify we're looking back at how far like not looking back like in the past to be like Oh, like I'm so sad, but it's looking at how far God literally brought us and to stand here today and say, 
like to this union and y'all's union, like it's, it's a powerful thing when to, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So this will be actually my first conversation with anybody surrounding any topic. You're honored. <laughs> so the question has been asked, but nobody has gotten answers. <laughs> so okay. this is awesome that we get to actually talk about it in this way. Um, but absolutely. Is a process to be able to kind of go through infidelity and then speak about it. It's not about bringing it up just to bring it up. It's about testifying why, because we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony. And every time we testify and we tell our story, we are actually securing and sealing our deliverance, Mm -hmm. our healing, our breakthrough and all that, Mm -hmm. that we receive from that. Every time we do that and that uh, excuse me, that pisses the enemy off. Yeah. Uh, excuse my language. No, I, girl, I say it all. But it really pisses the enemy off. Yeah. And so every time we testify and we say that, it really does damage uh, for the, to the enemy. And it also increases the hope and the faith in other people who are going through the same exact thing, but yeah. maybe there's not publicized or maybe they don't have a platform or maybe they don't have anybody to talk to, you know, they can't afford to go to counseling. They don't have a church home. They don't have, um, people who are just ministering that can speak to them and help edify and build them up. And so every time you open your mouth and you share your story and, mm-hmm. You know, you post whatever you post, you're giving somebody out there hope, men and women, right? Right. I think the men probably are a little bit more silent on the on the matter than than the women. But I don't know, you know. So uh, every time we do that, that's what we're doing. And when we get together and we look up together like we're doing right now, we become even more powerful uh, for the kingdom of God. And we stand linked up, arm to arm, and we say, "Hey." This is what our God does. And we allow that his Holy Spirit to come through and to permeate and to just be that beacon of hope for that woman or that man that is going through it. And, you know, that is hard. They just they in separate rooms right now. They crying. They just, you know, cuss each other out, you know, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And we're having a dialogue. So they're getting to see it in practice, the yeah. conversation in practice. They're getting to see and hear the types of things that we've gone through mm-hmm. and how can they apply that into their situation? So it's really beautiful. So yeah, yeah they get see, to see that it's not impossible. Right. Yeah. And see, like for me, when we went through our situation, that was hard for me because nobody was speaking up about it. So mm-hmm. it's that feeling of feeling like, okay, I'm the only one dealing with it. And like my, my, my father was very big on having me read Proverbs when I was younger. And one thing that stood out is that a wise man will learn from other people's mistakes, but a fool will learn from his own. How do I have the opportunity to be wise if nobody is telling me anything and I have no choice, but to learn it on my own. And like, that was one of the things that a lot of people give, you know, us flack. And I know that I gave you guys flack for speaking about the situation, but the thing is, are you mad when you get older? And then you're talking about, I wish somebody would have told me this when I was that age. I wish somebody would have told me that. But just shutting down the conversations and you're trying to put down the people who have gone through it, who have made some, some steps in the right direction, you know, and again, it's a process. It doesn't mean that we've arrived, but it means that it's a process and we're going through it and 
what we've learned so far, we can share with someone else so they can start the process. And as we continue to grow and build, then we're still we're trickling down that information, like you said, to help break those generational curses. Exactly. As far as like marriage and all that, you know. Yeah. I think yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I came from a family where there was no marriage, you know, I was just conceived, <laughs> you know, and or there's divorce in our yeah. in my family. So it's like about transferring that wealth of knowledge so that our kids and other people's kids can come together and glorify God through the unity of marriage. Absolutely. And that is the beautiful thing. And I think it's awesome because I feel like I haven't heard a lot of men talk about it. And I definitely haven't seen a lot of situations where the woman is the one who <laughs> committed infidelity. You right. know, it's always like, oh, the man this, the man that, and he's that. Yeah. But I'm like, uh, you know, these women out here, we we out here doing stuff too. So don't, <laughs> don't just crucify the man. So I, I was really intrigued when I seen you guys, I was like, like Tell my husband, I'm so excited. Like, I love <laughs> the fact that they're talking about this. <laughs> I love the fact that they're talking about this. We need more of this. And then, so absolutely. anyway, mm -hmm. I'm getting off topic. So, no, no, no we yeah. absolutely love that. We love it. Like, girl, so true. And I think people, there's a horrible stigma on, you know, it's just the men mm. that, you know, cheat. Um, and that is a lie. There are women who absolutely like, honestly, when, when we shared our testimony there, I literally had hundreds of women like stating like they've gone there and they're going through this right now. So the only reason why I guess maybe we, you know, you don't know about it is because they're not saying anything. Yeah. Right. But they're scared. They're yeah. scared too. And I think I think a lot of men are not even equipped yes. to be able to withstand a woman doing that, you know? So a lot of times they find themselves back in a cycle of, you know, you did it, so I'm about to do it. So yeah. they keep on going, they go exactly. back and forth, going back and forth, going back and forth, but it's not really stopping. So I really, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, yeah. because for you guys, because it's just a beautiful thing to see like, okay, a man and a woman coming together and you, you know, you are the one to, and he like stayed and he had forgiveness and he was willing to go through a process. And I don't think that it was an any type of easy process. Cause trust me, I know, but yeah. like that is just a beautiful thing. And I think more women need to see that. And I think that, women are afraid because they're afraid to be rejected at yeah. the end of it. Like if we're getting down to core wounds, it's rejection. I, I need my, this person, this man to be here for me. If I even admit to this, I know he's going to leave and, or he's going to do the same thing back to me and worse. And yeah. <laughs> right. So they're not only are they afraid to be rejected, but now they are trying to safeguard themselves mm -hmm. from being hurt in the same way and it just continues that cycle yeah. and we, as we're speaking about it get to help penetrate and break that and to help fuse those lies that have been told to say like this cannot work um right. and so I would really like to hear more from like you guys about how 
your like how you went through and established boundaries after that and then established um you know what that looked like for you yeah uh, each in like individually but then also collectively um to get to the point you are now right like yeah. for, for me like starting out I my first lesson in it was learning what boundaries were healthy versus which ones were not because when it first happened, I was so hurt that one of my boundaries was right away to her. Mm -hmm. And it was for a long time. I had shut off all emotion because um, I think one of the things that as guys, we fail to realize, yes, we're very egotistical, but we're easily hurt because of that. Mm -hmm. And when we feel that hurt, it's on a, it, I'm not going to say it's on a different level, but it's on a, it's on a different level than what we're used to feeling because right. we shield ourselves so much. And so like, for me, it was initially having to learn, like, I can't hold this unhealthy boundary against a person I say, I'm going to work this out with, you know, I have to still allow them back in and allow them to rebuild the trust that we said we want to have. And then after doing that, that's where I can really figure out what healthy boundaries need to be put up outside of us, mm -hmm. because I have to understand why it happened. I have to understand what made her feel that you were already stepping, um, like mentally stepping out of the marriage or away from the marriage before anything physical happened. Right. And then there it's like, okay, what boundaries do I need to set up from people that made you feel less than from, from situations that came up on your end that could have easily come up on mine as well, because I feel like in that situation, all it takes is a moment of vulnerability, mm -hmm. somebody yep. seeing an open door and an opportunist in a situation. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with you. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I think for me, like my boundaries were um, just like family, mm -hmm. like with his family we had to quickly like come up with boundaries. Well, really it didn't take to like a while after we reconciled that we came up with boundaries yeah. um, or, you know, family, but um, the family was a big thing for me because I wanted to feel protected. I wanted to feel yeah. like he, you know, cared yeah. um, and that he understood me, even though it wasn't like to say, like, if you didn't put up these boundaries, I'm going to go cheat again. It's just that right. I need those bounds. Like we have to just as a married yeah. couple, you have yeah. to have boundaries. We when we found out about boundaries, we were like, oh, yeah, like, like people do this. Like, that's a yeah, thing. Right. Like, yeah. I didn't even think that it exists <laughs> in marriage. Right. Because <laughs> I think for us, when we got into the marriage, especially I'll, I'll speak, especially on my on myself, I was saying, OK, yes, like we're married, but our family is our family. Mm -hmm. Like, what do we have to really like hide? Like they they've taught us everything up to this point. Yeah. But, you know, we had to realize, you know, as the Bible says, like we shall leave our mother and father and cling unto one another. So it's I have to draw that line of like, OK, y'all can know certain things, but there's certain lines that are not going to be known outside yes. of just us two. And you know, because I did not understand that I didn't give her that, that hedge of protection. And right. that was what she really needed. And, you know, in, in saying that it's no way saying that, Hey, that justified any actions that happened because of it, but it's in recognizing, you know, there, there takes two parties in everything, whether it goes good or whether it goes bad, I have to recognize my part because, you know, yes, forgiveness is the number one thing, but there also has to be growth. Yes. Right. So, 
That's true. That is so true. And I feel like in our situation, something, you know, basically similar. It's like, how do we understand this? I had no idea what boundaries were <laughs> prior to this situation. I'm like, boundaries? What is that? I don't have boundaries for myself personally. Right. Yes. <laughs> I have boundaries in marriage. Like, what is that? What does it look like? And I feel like pretty early on, we started getting um, some mentoring about like what boundaries it, what boundaries are and barriers, whether with family um, in particular, like my family, <laughs> like my mom and, mm-hmm. um, and then personally with other people involved, like friends and things yeah. like that. And I, I just feel like it was just a struggle. Like we heard, uh, at least I heard what boundaries were and and I tried to apply it, but I feel like I just did not, it just did not connect immediately. And then as I just started learning about it, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I have to set boundaries for myself personally. And as I practice that, then it gets easier in my marriage. <laughs> and I feel like that just took a a long process to just kind of get over that, right? So you're trying to get through, okay, let me not box this person out. But at the same time, I'm still like hurting and crushed. And, you know, like, how do you deal with all of that at the same time? But I feel like boundaries and barriers, right? So, hey, Mm -hmm. we had to set up barriers as well. And just like, hey, this is just something that we can absolutely, this is a no-go zone, at least not for right now. And at some point we'll pick that up, but um, let's practice these little boundaries. And I Mm -hmm. feel like I as I continue to practice boundaries of myself mm-hmm. and respecting my own boundaries, it has been able to translate over into the marriage and into just being consistent with that and mm-hmm. really um, healing the dynamic between us that made him maybe feel like I'm not hearing him, like I'm not understanding him or like I would just let my family or my mom into like every single aspect of what we're doing and all that. And I think that that has really helped us to Mm -hmm. the point that we are now. So, you know, again, it's a process. I feel like it took a long time, like a little over a year just for me to get consistent with that. But it's definitely beneficial and helpful and still growing in that. Still growing aspect of it so how did your family um take two boundaries did you 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 said you created boundaries like with your family as well yeah so it took it was a process right I really fought that process because I just did not get a full handle on processing my personal emotions with everything that was going on and then it going public (laughs) you know just like re-injuring that whole thing because we had already started dealing with it before for a year before and then it went public and just like reopened it and so I had to reestablish you know boundaries with that just because when I'm hurt I'm like I need to talk I need to vent like I just want to word vomit and I cannot do that anymore you know and so it took me reading several books and going into prayer and also getting some women of God to be able to confide in and talk to who are married who can help um, help me to process my emotions and, and my feelings and then going and writing down these boundaries literally I wrote them out I sat down with 
with Derek and was like, hey, these are some boundaries that I came up with. If you have any that you want to add on to that, but this is what I really feel like can help. And then implementing that, just practicing that. And the consistency with building on that, I feel like has gotten us a long way. And it's really helped me to not rely really on going, you know, whether to my family or going to my mom or Mm -hmm. going to all these areas, because I feel that now with first God, (laughs) right. Mm -hmm. Going to him and saying that, but then if I really need some help going to those other people Mm -hmm. and really saying, you know, family stays over here and this is the marital things that need to be dealt with over here. Just so, um, my marriage is protected. So my husband is protected and he can feel like he can actually trust me. And that was an issue for a long time. And yeah. so I struggled with that, but now I'm back. I'm on track. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on track with that and, and really building that. So, yeah. yes, that is so powerful. Yeah. Like how you still, like you said, you protected him even in that time. Um, and even just yourself, like, I think People literally, they just, they underestimate, like, they underestimate that, that, that um, vulnerable time that you're in, like, you really, you can't say it too fast. And you, you know, you can't, you have to really be careful with who you're, you, you know, you're telling your information to, because if you do plan on working it out, you want to make sure you're not around wicked counsel or just people that will tear down your faith and yeah. you're in your marriage so i, I find it very powerful and i, I love how yeah. you had you you made sure you found qualified people around yeah, yeah. You. and you know for us we were so young at the time we mm-hmm. were the only married couple but you know it didn't mean that we those were the only people that we could find and grow mm-hmm. relationships and and allow god to lead us to um feeling vulnerable with those people and you know i think that's a huge and important thing because I think when you talk to people that are unqualified, they can have the best intentions in mind, but they don't understand everything that goes into marriage. They don't understand everything that goes into a godly marriage along with that. And so sometimes their advice in their mind is like, oh, I'm helping my friend out. But you got to understand your friend is not just your friend anymore. She's joint with her with her husband or he's joint with his wife. And so if you're not respecting both parties at the same time, then there's no way you can be respecting God in the union that he made with yes. them. Right. And that, you know what, that, that is a process that I had to learn. So it wasn't just like an easy process in, in the beginning. And for a long time, I, I was still having conversations. And I, while I believe that the, the intentions were great, as far as like what advice they were giving or what they were saying um overall not everything was let's just be honest (laughs) okay not everything was was great and godly advice um but um the intention I think what overall was like I want to make sure that you're okay it was still something that I had to learn and you know it was a struggle for me to let go of that because it was like almost um a safety measure like this is my protection you know, in a sense, this is my protection from being hurt again to this deepest level. I need this. If I don't have this, like everything is going to go come crashing down and falling apart. So it was definitely a process and I fought it. I fought it. I'm like, no, I defended it. But at the end of it, (laughs) at the end of it, it really comes down to, as I began to seek 
others and to take it to God and him really start to tear down that wall that I had. Right. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I surrender every self-defense tactic. And that was a self-defense tactic. And as I repeated that, and I said that daily, he literally started to shift and change things to where those conversations don't even exist anymore. Like it's not even, they don't ask me, I don't bring it up. There's nothing going on there. And that is, you know, what we talk about when we're like, there's growth that needs to happen. Well, that's both parts, right? Mm -hmm. I had to grow in that area. And I feel like that was an area for a long time that contributed to the, the dynamic where he felt like these other outside sources were an option. you know so so with me just like looking at that dealing with that examining why I had that up and then really getting killed and delivered from that Mm -hmm. I think has helped tremendously but it was a process it wasn't I just didn't go straight out the bat doing that I want to I want to make sure you know I tell it accurately I did not it was a process and everything that was told to me was not the the greatest but um you know, you learn, you, you, you get through it, you seek God diligently on it. And as you do that, you're really um, tearing, letting God tear down those self-defense tactics, tear down those walls that you had up that mm-hmm. was trying to protect you from being essentially rejected. Again. Yeah. You know, so it's a very powerful thing, but once you allow the Holy Spirit in to really do that, I mean. Absolutely great things happen <laughs> great things happen yes yes and you know like i like how you touched on the fact of the growth that you needed made uh made derek feel like i have to find his vulnerability somewhere else because that was i <clears throat> i tried to allow myself to look at how she felt and learn what boundaries i needed to set up on my end because of that as well because we live in a world where we're we're bound to interact with somebody of the opposite sex but how are we going to make sure we control that to where we are respectful towards our partner, towards ourselves and towards, you know, what we have as a union. And like, for me, um, within my main career field, um, and within my, within my side business, I have to interact with women, but I have to understand it's got to be kept to a certain straight up. That's the end of the conversation level. And because I have to think about if my wife is standing right here next to me, is she going to respect anything that I'm saying right now? And she is mm-hmm. she respect the body language that I'm having right now, you know, towards this person. And um, even even towards having vulnerability um towards other other guys that are around you because some people, misery just loves company. Yes. Oh, I, are you going through something? You know what I'm dealing with something too. I'm not telling you, but we're gonna go to the bar together tonight. I'm your wingman. Right. And then, you know, at those points, then it's like, okay, you know, now I have to understand that these boundaries, yes, the family was a major issue, but what else could have led yes. to it? How am I looking at the bigger perspective of this? Because the boundaries are not just going to stop at family. It has to be kept on because we don't want this to happen again. And I don't want to fall fall down and have it happen on my side and right. put the same emotions that I that I felt. Yeah, right. And I feel like it's so easy to do that if you are not being uh, sober and vigilant and watching for those things. So I, I think it really just comes down to self-examination like what is going on like how did we get here like how did I contribute to this and I feel like 
when this ha when these types of things happen, when infidelity happens, it's easy to just say, oh, well, you did this, you did that, or you didn't do this, you didn't do that, you left me here, and you, and you, and you, and you, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're pointing the finger, but if we really look at ourselves and start to examine ourselves, okay, why did this happen? A lot of times, we don't even have an immediate answer to why, why this happened. It, it's just, you know, really surface level. But when you start <laughs> bringing out those things and diving deep, you're like, man, I didn't even know I brought that in to this, you know, like for me, I had a lot of like daddy issues. My dad died when I was younger, but I did not know I brought a lot of that into my relationship into my marriage and how I spoke and how I interacted um, with Derek and and how that affected things like I had no awareness <laughs> no awareness of that but all those things add up after time you know we're talking about it's been 14 years like those little things have added those added up yeah. over time and then it's just you know breaking breaking point so it's like how can you be you know ups like extremely upset for that when you know there was a contribution at least like how how I was handling things how I was thinking about things and as I began to really deal with that like my, my daddy issues my <laughs> my um self-worth issues um dealing with the sexual trauma uh, that I had previous to meeting him like when I really started dealing with those things, I became more stable. Mm -hmm. I became more consistent. I became more assertive. I became more confident in just saying, you know what, this makes me uncomfortable. And mm -hmm. I wouldn't do that before. I would just be silent and then be either aggressive or passive aggressive mm -hmm. and not speak up about, hey, this makes me uncomfortable or explain this to me I would just you know go off on one one end or the other but as I really start to self-examine and I continue to do that I feel like it's just brought a level of stability within me and then with that it's translated into our conversations and communication together and it just makes for a better environment for the both of us to be like okay we can continue to work on this and try you know we're not at least I'm not going, um, I don't want to speak for him. You let him speak for himself at another time. But, uh, uh, it, you know, I'm not taking every little thing that he does. Oh, he, he, you know, looked this way or he was silent about this. And, I, you know, like I'm not trying to pick him apart for every little thing and then making a story about it right. and acting on that, you yeah. know. And I used to do that. And that just comes with self-examination lots yeah. of deliverance <laughs> in the name of Jesus yeah. and um, some mentoring and, and, and really understanding like, who am I building, rebuilding identity. And once you know your identity and you're able to do that, I feel like it just gets a little bit easier. You have a little bit more patience. You have a little bit more long suffering. Things don't bother you the same as they used to. Um, and if they do, now you know what to do. Like, all right, I'm going to go into the prayer room for a second. And I, I need 10 minutes to just yeah. give it to God how it is. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll come back to the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy that you brought up the, the inner work. Like, it really is the inner work on both sides. Yeah. Because yeah. even in our, in our marriage, like, it took me to realize, like, wow, 
it really didn't have much to do with like, yeah, it had a, it had something to do with him, you know, not protecting me, me not feeling protected, but it also allowed me to see that I didn't have that in my own family either. Like my father um, wasn't as protective over me. Um, He was, but he wasn't like, so I, I didn't really get the attention from my parents that I, I had hoped because they were always like, you right. know, taking care of other people. Um, so that really, I'm so happy that you brought that up because yeah. a lot of people don't really understand, like on both sides, <laughs> there really is accountability and there really is growth that needs to take place. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to go back and deal with those things because a lot of how we interact, how we think, uh, decisions and conclusions that we come to have to deal with the experiences that we've had in life, right? So we're taking two people who have different experiences in life, um, maybe even from like marriage, like if you're, you're, if you came from a family that was married and you came from a family, they weren't married, but you know, single mother and, or single father, and they remarried to somebody else or something like that. You're bringing that in now to your marriage and, and trying to gel those concepts together in your marriage and trying to figure it out is, it's a whole it's a whole process. Like these, yeah. this is what people do not talk about. <laughs> okay. They yeah. don't talk about that. They don't teach about that, but it's a whole process. And I think that is where more of the conversation needs to happen. It's like, okay, what set of experiences? Because I'm looking at men through the lens that I had from my father at, from a, when I was 12 years old. Right. And, and then after that experience, after his death, I'm looking at now the experience that I had, um, with like rape trauma, like mm. I hate men, you know, <laughs> like, but not even consciously thinking, oh, I hate men, but now I'm in this relationship, but in the back, in my subconscious, unconscious mind. And then when you add in the spiritual aspect of the demons and all that, thing, all that, you know, it's, it, it brings in a whole dynamic on how are you viewing, what lens are you looking at now yeah. your spouse through? And yeah. if you're bringing all that in, you're looking at your spouse with those things like I was, then you are not really giving your marriage the full due. Exactly. And you can't just, you can't just say, oh, you're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. And I definitely made that mistake for sure. I was like, no, I'm not doing anything, you know, a little bit of self-righteousness going, I would never, (laughs) but I got humbled real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I got humbled really quickly. And as I started to deal with those things, I was like, man, I came in with a lot of, of stuff. Like I viewed him in a certain way and it was spark a certain response. It was spark a certain spark a certain action or reaction. And those little things add up because they were communicating something to him. And even though my words were saying something else, my actions were communicating something completely different. And with that, you know, a person can only take so much and then they're dealing with their own things Mm -hmm. because these were not conversations that we had ever had either Mm -hmm. one of us, you know, there's, it's, it's only a matter of time before it just comes to a boiling point like it did. And then like, wait, what, (laughs) what, but God, so yeah. God and and 
it's just so important to self-examine, allow the Holy Spirit to come in and get that deliverance in that healing, in that mentoring that you need, and then speak up about it like we're doing, like you guys are doing and say like, okay, this is a process, you know, for, for women, this is how I can relate for men. This is how you can relate to that and then come together. And I think that's where more of the conversation needs to happen. And I'm just so happy that we get an opportunity to like, just yeah. do this. And exactly. <laughs> I'm like, we need more of this. How many more of these can we do? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because like the, the conversations, especially on this topic, like it's, it's one of the ones that I feel is so, so important. Um, even in this process to find that self-deliverance because we have children, you guys have children. And yeah. as you spoke on earlier, is it's about breaking those generational curses because the, the devil is trying to put a stronghold starting at one generation and continuing it on. That's right. Until we make that choice to say, you know what, I'm I'm going to stick this out with God. I'm going to trust him. And if I said I'm going to make a decision to work through this and, and change the structure of what these generational lines have been before, I have to trust that he can do everything that, that he has has done in the in the bible um during those times when the disciples followed him up until now he changed murderers into into his disciples he changed right. thieves into his disciples so nobody is tied down to what they have in their bloodline and what has right. led them to that and by having that self-reflection I'm able to now when my boys get old enough to have those conversations yes. and they come to me talking about their girlfriend I can give them a different perspective of son like mm -hmm. what wh how did you look at yourself how did you evaluate that? Because, you know, it, it steps in, it steps out of just marriage. It steps into parenthood. It steps into just everyday life. And it, it affects every facet to, to your point. It affects every facet of life. And I think that is really um, underestimated. And yeah. when we're talking about it, it's, we have to emphasize, the, emphasize that it is a process. We don't just go to trusting God to, right. for like every aspect of it. It's like, okay, Lord, you know, this scares me. Um, I don't trust him or I don't trust her in this aspect, but I'm going to do this little thing because I'm trying to see what you're going to do. Yeah. And when you do that, and then he delivers on that. It, it's building you up. And, and those little things over time is building and you're going to look, you look back and you're like, wow, like just such and such amount of time ago, like I was like, I don't trust anything. Like the words that's coming out, I hear them. Yeah. But I don't believe it, you know, and then you actually like believing that you're looking at them like, wow, like it's it completely shifts. And that's how you allow the Lord God to come in and really change you. You're not just going to come in 100 percent trusting in God. Right. Because that's also the relationship. You have to have a relationship with the father, the son and the Holy Spirit in order to have a, a great relationship with yourself, but then also with your your mm -hmm. husband or wife, and then yeah. translate have mm -hmm. that translate over to your children, and then other relationships. Yeah. And that's that's the key thing. But you have to do something, even a little, like even a little thing, like Lord, I don't. And be honest, Lord, I don't trust any words that is coming out of His mouth or her mouth right now. But yeah. I'm going to act on this little thing right here, and. Then I'm going to tell you about it afterwards, <laughs> like what my experience was, mm -hmm. and you're going to help me. And then you keep on doing that one thing or those yep. few things, and it will start to add up and he will start to open you up, open up your heart and 
have and start bringing up stuff within you that is like trying to block that Mm -hmm. like the reception of that like there's a demon called can't give love can't receive love and that thing will try to fight you on just trying to 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 receive what your spouse has to give or what what god is trying to give to you and what he's trying to do for you and if if you don't take the steps to just try that one thing, it's going to be a harder process than what it has to be. But mm-hmm. it is a process. So there is some patience that comes in that comes with that. And, and of course, having great people to talk to and like, Hey, like, how did you cope with this? Because I'm struggling with that. Just being honest saying like, I haven't figured this part out yet. I don't even know how to go to God about this yet. you know like I don't know I feel ashamed or whatever that is and then having someone to help you stay accountable as well that's another thing that I had to learn um personally Mm -hmm. how to stay accountable who can I go to that can help me stay accountable Mm -hmm. and then being consistent within myself and then letting that translate over into my marriage. And that really opening up my heart again to be able to see my husband in a different light and to see the things that he is doing in a different way. Like, oh, he's just doing this because X, Y, Z, and the third. Like, that's how I used to think. And now it's just like, wow, he's doing that because he really cares, because he really wants to see me happy because you know all these things and it wasn't like that for a long time and Mm -hmm. now just those little things have added up and that's the hope that we want to give to other people you know do you guys have any experiences like that at all that you can talk about yeah Yeah, absolutely first I want to tell you that is biblical like what you just stated of like doing the little things like consistently doing those little things so it reminds me of the Bible verse that literally states, um, the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the earth, looking for hearts to strengthen that are committed to him. Even those little things that you're doing, those little, it might seem like a little tiny prayer, but it, it's a huge thing. Yeah. God is seeing that you're committed. So he's going to strengthen you. He's going to renew your strength in that. I love that you said that. Yeah. But um, you want to answer that? No, I'll let you go ahead. <clears throat> um, the question that she had though. Yeah. As far as like the, like our process of it. and, and yeah. It. Yeah, yeah. So you like, so for like us, or for me, I'll speak for me. I'll let him speak when he gets a chance to, but um you know, the enemy will try to get you to, to feel like you haven't forgiven yeah. what you actually have. And so like another little thing that I did or have done and still do sometimes when it tries to creep up is like, no, I forgave him for X, Y, Z and a third. I forgave such and such for X, Y, Z and a third. And I actually Holy Spirit to catch my heart, my mind, my body, my soul, and my spirit up to that forgiveness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially in the beginning, because I was like, I don't feel forgiveness in my like I don't feel it in my body, in my thoughts. I don't feel it, Lord, but I know I'm supposed to forgive, right? Like that you told me. So right. I'm saying the words, I forgive, but I need you to catch me up to that. And yeah. that little bit right there is the all he needs to come into your heart and start to change it and start to heal it and start to get you to a point where you're ready to receive your deliverance because you have to be ready to receive the deliverance in that area as well. And sometimes that's a process. And those, again, that's like a little thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. 
having that staying power. And yeah. that doesn't mean that everything else is perfect and that you're acting in all these perfect ways outside of that. Yeah. It's just those little things and those th- little things add up and they get bigger and then they start connecting those little things in those different areas. And then you're like, wow, I have completely transformed into a, a, a different person. Like, who is this? Right. You know, <laughs> and your yeah. spouse is like, who is this? Yeah. yeah. I like this person, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, that's the Holy Spirit who has transformed and renewed your mind, who has built up your spirit, who has uh, healed your fragmented soul and all those areas. And now you are a more um, solid and whole person, right? We want to yeah. focus on whole person healing, which is physical, mental, spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, healing so right. yeah I'm, talking. I'm talking a lot no no no, no. we good. absolutely yeah. love that like it reminds me like okay it might sound simple but it reminds me of like working out it's faith you're just enacting your faith and it's a walk and just because you don't feel anything or you haven't seen anything just yet or like you said i don't feel like i forgive um because for me like i felt like okay the words of once a cheater, always a cheater. I had to fight through that. Like, I know that my heart is repentant. I know I want to work on my, my marriage. Um, but going back to that, stating that, um, you know, it's a walk and just continuing that walk, you're going to see results. Exactly. Just like so- working out, you're going to see results. It might not seem like you're getting the biggest muscles right then and there, right. but right. something is working and yeah. that's all that matters. Those small right. efforts time just yeah. add up and you know much like how you said it was it was certain times where like my my fleshly mind i'm like i don't trust it i don't trust <laughs> it but i was like you know i gotta i gotta give this opportunity to to rebuild our trust and like I, it was at certain points too where i knew i knew god was having to have spoken through people that were around me um just mm-hmm. because like I knew I was being hard headed to what he was saying. Mm-hmm. That's and, powerful, right? I'm not gonna listen to that right now, Laura. I heard you. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> exactly. And so it's like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go ahead and make the decision. I think I'm just I'm just thinking that on my own. And then um it would come down times to where a family member would say it. Like I know um when I was dealing with the trust the worst, and it came down to a day when I was just like, you know what? Like I'm just thinking this all on my own. Like I'm about to, I'm about to just give up, like I'm done. The person who spoke that um, the words that God had continually been speaking to me was my mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. I was I was ready to go down to the courthouse and just say, you know what, I, I give up. Like I'm just I'm thinking this on my own. And um, my wife, my wife, I told her, and she was like, just just please just wait. You know, let's sit down, talk about this. Let's wait till my mom get here so she can just be like a mediator. Let's talk about it. And so I went ahead and waited, and I was very reluctant. I could feel. I could feel that tug from the enemy, but that small step of faith of just sitting there was what I needed. And when I heard her reiterate, you know, Keith, you said that that you were going to try and work this out. And mm-hmm. if that's the choice that you told God, then you have to give him time to help you rebuild trust. And you have to give her an opportunity to do so. And, you know, not saying that everything fixed at that point, but even other times where, you know, I would be around a friend or something like that. I had I had two very close friends that were like brothers. And they were very upfront with me. And if I came to them complaining, you know, they weren't as as nice and as Christian about it. But it would be, hey, bro, shut up. You said you was going to do it. Stick it out. Just be quiet. Right. And, you know, so it was many of those times where it was just like, OK, 
If I didn't listen, I could tell God still already knew every prayer that I had put forth. He knew every tear that I was hiding from her. And even in those tears, I felt like he felt the faith that I had and was, you know, almost giving up on. And he was just holding that and just putting that back out into me, giving me giving me that back and letting me know, look, I hear you. I still need that mustard seed. Like I that's that's that that's that baby step I need every day, every single day. Just pick up that mustard seed, plant it again. Pick up that mustard seed, plant it again. After a while, it, it started blossoming. It started growing. And yeah. like it's, and I think that's why people find it hard to believe, like, why would y'all still talk about the situation that happened? Like, y'all made it past. It's because when we look back at the people that we were then and we see now, it's more than just looking at ourselves and being like, wow, we've changed. It's seeing the grace of God in mm-hmm. action and feeling it. And I think anybody that has truly felt a deliverance story within any part of their life, it's it's you're never gonna let that that testimony go. Talk about that. I'm sorry, but God just resurrected something that was dead. So people always think about the resurrection power of God being a you know physical death, right? right? But we have to also think about the spiritual death and the other deaths that occur. So when that infraction happened in your marriage in my marriage like that marriage died yeah. like it was dead <laughs> you know what i'm saying like that if you if somebody that we you love or we know or something like that died what does that mean that means that they are not speaking to us any longer they cannot move their limbs they are not standing upright they cannot sit up right like right. some people have to carry them that's why we have right so when that if those infractions happen our marriages died and our marriages probably really died before it actually got to that yeah. that state if we're just being honest before yeah. before the the actual actions ever happened our marriages died mm-hmm. and we were just sitting up there trying to make something dead live in our own power. And that mm-hmm. didn't work. So when you choose God and you choose Holy Spirit and you say, you know what, I need to, I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to make some steps. I'm going to see like, what can you do for me, Lord? And you start to pursue God and say, I want to learn how to trust you, Lord. I want to know like who you are. Yeah. And as you're doing that, you start to see his resurrection power and what that actually is. Spoke so life. Yes. He spoke life into your marriage. He spoke, spoke life into you individually as individual people, right? So that you're not bogged down with guilt and shame. Like, I'm always going to be this. I'm always going to be that. He said he forgives me. But in the back of your head, you're thinking he really hasn't. Free- like, that is bondage, right? Yeah, he's- absolutely. And then vice versa, like, I don't trust the words that she's saying and this and that, right? He spoke life. So he has resurrected you individually and now he's resurrecting the marriage, right? And that is an intangible thing, right? But that needed to be resurrected. And we're talking about a miracle. I don't think that people really can grasp the concept that something that was dead being brought back to life is... A, a miracle and yeah. that needs to be celebrated and talked about i'll never stop talking about it you, there's nothing that is going to happen that's going to get me to shut my mouth about the lord resurrecting this thing because i know that it was dead i know that i was dead right i know my marriage was dead you know like and i'm sure you guys could say the same thing about yours and that yeah. is the power of the holy spirit that yeah. is the, the 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 focus on it it's not our our might or our will or our no 
he had to literally breathe life yeah, into yeah. that food. Yeah, yeah. And those little bit of things that we did, yep. you know, just we were just doing our little bit of part to to activate our will. But yes. he is the it's one perfect. that is bringing life and continuing to bring life. He's making those arms in that marriage move now. He he helped you sit up, right? He yeah. he he helped you. You your legs weren't working, right? It was paralyzed. Now you're walking, but you're walking together instead of individually. You know, like he's bringing and meshing that in 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 my marriage as well. Like it's a process, and yeah. every time we get up and we choose that something else starts to work. Something else is moving. Now, you know, we can move our left hand and we're moving it together. Like we're understanding that. And then, you know, and then next thing you know, our whole body is going to be moving because we're what? One flesh. And we, he's reconstructing a whole new body for us. We Mm -hmm. were walking individually in our marriages and now we're trying, now we're being jailed together, but that had to be broken, right? And die on the cross, that's right that is exactly right we had to we had to pick up our crosses and die yeah and yeah. now we're being resurrected in our new bodies right and that looks different our language looks different and it sounds foreign to people who are continuing to try to operate dead relationships and dead marriages without god exactly and 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 so they don't understand the concept because it just seems like a never ending cycle. Like he did this, she's gonna do this. He, but God is real, and He stops that when you choose Him. Yes, right. I, you know it's so true that it's a testimony of Jesus. And literally, like when people say, like they ask, like how do I get my marriage back to where it was? Well, you don't want to get it back to where it was. Right. You, you want, want it to be better. You, you want, want to glorify body on earth okay so you know we're all going to get our glorified bodies when jesus comes back but when we go through trials and tribulations individually and in our marriages and that thing dies in our life and when we choose god and we say i receive your resurrection he and when he breathes into us we get our glorified body and we get to experience that here on earth right Mm -hmm. like that's a profound kind of statement i don't know if really people can really um, understand that concept fully, but like we get a new body, we become new people, new creatures, right? But our bodies, everything about who we were and how we used to do do things is dead, right? Right. Just like if we think about physical death, it's dead. You put it in the ground, there's nothing you can do with that. But our new bodies and our new everything comes from, the Holy Spirit. Now we're talking about him. Now we're testifying. Now we're giving all glory, praise, and honor to him. Like that is life. Yeah. And that's why we continue to talk about it. That's why we'll continue to talk about it and develop it and, and help other people and develop programs and all these things yeah. to help people with that. That is life. We have shed the old, our old creatures, our old selves, where it's about me, 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 me. Yep. And now we're talking about this thing that is going to help somebody else come from being dead to alive by yeah. the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's exactly. not because anything that, that's special with us per se, but it's because we allowed the Holy Spirit in and we are right. in the process and us just speaking about it has power, right? Yep. And, and we're saying, hey, hold on a little bit longer. This is what happened to me. If, it, if, if he could do it for me, he could do it to you. And that little bit of thing, that little bit of hope, 
give somebody a pulse because the Holy Spirit was able to penetrate their heart. And that's what life is about now. Not about us per se anymore, but about spreading life to other people so they can get that and come out of death. And so all the naysayers are like, oh, this and that and all the crazy Mm -hmm. stuff. It's like, okay, well, you're still choosing death and I don't choose death. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and exactly like you said, like it's a it's a new body that we that we are built up in and in and, and the same way within that marriage. Like a lot of comments are always uh saying, like, you know, things will never be the same. Thank you. And you know, the thing was like at, at that point when everything happened, like things being the same was the ceiling for us that we felt. And now it's like our our foundation is well above where we where our best days used to be yeah. prior to that and prior to really allowing God to take full possession of our marriage like, yes and yes. not just being lukewarm one foot in and saying you know we acknowledge him but we're right. not going to fully act we we got this yeah and when you step back and say you know what like this is a three way union between us and God and we have to allow God to take the reins and steer us and we just trust in where He's telling us to go. I can I can put a blindfold over my face and know that God is leading me to the right place and not question and not feel like I have to take the next step or know where my next direction is going to go. And you know what, people, you have to understand that in marriage, you are consistently changing. Mm -hmm. If your marriage was where it was last year. You're doing something. What is that? Yeah. Something's wrong with that. And because when you give your marriage over to God. The Bible, he's the beginning and the end. He's always beginning and never ending. So your marriage is going to be consistently changing as long as you're giving it to him. Things are going to be, new things are going to be coming up. And 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 literally you should want change. You should want a better, just a better marriage. Like you yeah. should want that. Yeah. That's right. so powerful. So powerful. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, uh, we should want change, but we're scared of change, right? Mm-hmm. We're scared of that because it, it, it will change the identity that we think we have or think that we know about mm-hmm. ourselves. And what we have to understand is when we become believers in Christ, our identities change, right? Our yeah. identities is not in culture. Our, our, <laughs> you know, our identity is not in, in um, our physical bodies and in, in the actions that we do with that, our, our, our identity is not in the type of family we came from. Our identity is not in money. Our our identity is in Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Okay. That is our identity. We are the salt of the earth. We are the head and not the tail. We are a royal priesthood. We are these things, right? And when we start thinking about changing our identity, that gets scary because then we feel like we don't know who we are in that people are trying to brainwash us and and people are trying to dictate everything that we do. Um, And, and that's where you have to begin to have a relationship with the Holy spirit um, with, with God, because when you take those little steps, he will show you and open up that trust. And then you really shed that old identity and let that die. And Mm -hmm. you're excited about it. You're energetic about it. You're jumping up and down. You're like every day, like Jesus, 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 because of the the freedom that you have now to be able to, to do that, the happiness, the joy that's within your heart. And people are afraid of that because they feel like they're losing 
their identity or their identities attached to their family or culture or this, you know, and they don't want to let that go. And as long as they continue to hold on to that, the longer they're going to struggle and stay in bondage to those things and not really get the full fullness of what God has for them. But when you let that identity, that old identity die, you take on the identity of Christ. When he said, he said that if you had that seed of a, if you had that faith of a mustard seed, you can look at that mountain and say move, and it will it will have to obey you, right? So that is what we're trying to get people to see and understand, and that is the power of change. So, okay. like to your point, people should be embracing change, but it's scary for them because their identity is rooted in other things, and we have to start having conversations about. Okay, this is not your identity. Your your identity is not um, um, in black culture. Like you're, you know, that's not your identity. Yes, you're black. Yes, it's okay to you know love your hair texture and all these things. Accept those things, but your identity is not in this culture because that culture is going to keep you in bondage. Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to keep you from getting all the things that um, the Lord has for you. But right. that does not mean that you don't accept, you know, that your hair has different textures and you right. can wear multiple, like if you want to have, have it after, it doesn't change those things, right? right. That makes you unique, right? Peculiar, <laughs> peculiar person, but you are not that. You are not um, a slave. You are not a part of, like, we have cut off that, those okay. generational curses. And yeah. we have into something that is freedom by jesus christ so exactly. yeah you're in this world but you're not of this world exactly exactly yeah. so you can't sit here and try to claim these things of the world and then try to claim the kingdom because the right. two don't go together and you'll yeah. find yourself almost really really struggling but when yeah. you let that go you're not losing identity you're gaining life and true identity exactly. and you'll get more accomplished in your purpose and feel more fulfilled and have the best, better relationships when, when you do that. And when people begin to start to just try to do that one thing to allow the Lord to show him, show him, show them what he does and who he is. And that comes with having a relationship, building that relationship with him. So pretty much like you cannot, I say this, like you cannot, it's impossible to work on your marriage without Jesus. There's there's nothing that's going to fix it if if he's not in the midst, if he's not the foundation. Like honestly, at the end of the day, if we go by the common sense that we're raised up with, there is no fixing it. And so until until we understand our kingdom identity, then we won't have that, that radical common sense that goes along with the kingdom. And that's why I feel like um, us speaking about our testimony, you and Derek speaking about your testimony and so many others that are truly having their heart fully engulfed in the kingdom. We seem like we have no common sense. No, our common sense is just different to what is of the world. And we look at it from a higher perspective because God has been able to give that to us by being in our life and us Mm -hmm. allowing him to fully take take control of that. Yeah, you're picking up your cross daily. Even in your marriage, you're picking up your cross. We're learning how to do that. Exactly. Learning how to do that. Like, what does that mean? People are like, pick up your cross and and die. What do you mean? When you 
choose God, you're, you're learning every day to pick up your cross. Like, okay, I can no longer hang out in these environments. Right. And yeah. that's part of me dying and picking up because I used to have fun there I like you I liked that you know yeah. like that's who I, that's how what I thought of um um having a good time or interacting with people but no I'm dying to that and I'm mm -hmm. choosing this over here and that's a daily choice and that translates to every little aspect of life now in your marriage like I'm choosing to 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 do this now I'm choosing to yeah. you know be assertive I'm choosing to learn like what boundaries are and how to set them you know forgive choosing yeah. to forgive I'm, yes. I'm choosing that right I'm choosing to look at myself and say you know what I don't like what th they just said or did but you know what why don't I like that right. challenging like why didn't I like that what's going on with me yeah. like okay I'm dying to myself because now I'm self-examining okay it's not about what they just did that I didn't like it's like what's going on with me why did I feel like I don't like that and then right. dealing with that and and then coming back to to your marriage and, and being kind and nice and loving instead of you know being passive aggressive <laughs> passive yep. aggressive or aggressive or you know ignoring and things all, all those those negative destructive things that I'm sure all of us have done at some point. <laughs> so it's a process, but it's a process worth doing and a process worth talking about for sure. Absolutely. Well, we are so excited that you even decided to come on here with us. I'm and excited like, that you would actually hour. Like I told you, I'm like, I know this is going to be such yeah. a good conversation. It flows so well. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is absolutely here. And we just declare in the name of Jesus that so many people that you guys are touched by this and that you you you're literally allowing it to examine your heart and just allow the Holy Spirit to move because he's literally here. And he, if you're you you stumbled across this it wasn't by accident it's on purpose and the lord absolutely wants you to know that you can work the the healing is not impossible it's literally possible with god through jesus yes. so we are here to declare that jesus christ is lord over our marriage and that you can absolutely make it you yes. can with him and him alone that's it. That's all. <laughs> but um, we're going to go ahead and I know we're going to talk soon. I hope yeah. we can have another session with you because Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I feel like I could talk. I could talk. OK, so yeah. just yeah, let me know. No, yeah. no. Yeah. yeah. We love the fact that, you know, we love the, the the feel of this conversation. Like, you know, you're definitely a genuine person. We can yes. definitely feel that. We love the, the truth and that honest, you're speaking. transparent. Yeah. Exactly. You know, just speaking on the truth that happened within you guys' life, like, and allowing us to be able to share it on our platform just allows us to help out so many more people. And God did not bring this together for no reason. Mm -hmm. And so... This he is definitely did not. <laughs> yeah, this is exciting. I'm I'm glad to thank you for inviting me to talk with you guys. I really enjoyed it. I'm so excited that the Lord connected us together. I mean, literally three days after I or no, 24 hours after I told my husband, I sent him a video of yours, both of you, and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I can learn so much for them. I mean, literally the next day you messaged me, and I was like. Okay, oh my well. god that was the holy ghost so, so i was like this is this is supposed to happen this is the season that we're moving into now so this is exciting but i really appreciate your the opportunity to speak to you guys and just to have the conversation 
I'm so behind uh, just opening up this conversation and sharing how the Holy Spirit moves, how he can heal, how he can restore marriages, individuals and all that. So, you know, what? we'll definitely have a conversation like yeah. us girls, like because I know that like uh, there's a lot of women who really want to learn exactly like how you, you know, okay. overcame. Sorry, not to execute. No, no, you're there. good. I but I know hopefully one day we can get, you know, Mr. Jackson on here one day and we can all just have like a, a really good conversation, maybe even like a guy conversation, like, because it's yeah. so rare to find like, okay, I'm the one who cheated. You're the one who didn't cheat. So like just this conversation, it's really a beautiful God ordained conversation. And exactly. we're just Absolutely. honored, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> the honor is mine. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm like, ooh, I can learn so much from you guys. Like, I'm excited. Like, I need you to learn from y'all. Like, what are you trying to teach me right now? Let me, I receive it. <laughs> well, guys, we, we thank we thank you guys for viewing this, for coming on, listen to not only our testimony, but Danea Jackson's as well. And we just hope that once again, like my wife said, you guys were blessed by this conversation. If you made it here, it was not by accident. Please check down below for all of our uh, social media handles. Follow us. Reach out with questions as you guys have already. And we have been blessed by so many other people's testimonies of how they are fighting, how they're finding um, some type of favor and some type of hope within hearing not only our testimony, but testimonies of others that give their perspectives as well. So you guys just keep your faith up high. Continue to keep God in your in your focus. And trust me, it is possible, but only with him in the midst of it. And once again, thank you, Danea, for coming on and sharing your perspective and, and your experience. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.